Morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer known only as the Gray-Eyed Man from slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all that you will, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 127. Oh, crap. See, I took too long to actually, like, get set up after I had checked what episode I'm supposed to be on. I'm pretty sure it's 127. Um, My live studio audience is no help right now. I can't even find the folder. I'm looking right at it. Where's the folder? I'm on my desktop. And it should be... There it is. I was hovering over it. We are... I do believe it is 127. 127. Okay. And, yeah, 127. All right. Here we go. Welcome to, you know, the crazy. <laughs> um, First of all, let's get housekeeping out of the way. Because the housekeeping is going to kind of lead into what... The topic of conversation is today. So, housekeeping. Dark Myth Publications is gearing up for the release of award-winning author Walter G. Esselman. His novella, Cowboys vs. Nazis, will be released June 5th. But, you can go to www.mythmart.com and pre-order said book. The ads are out. Check them out. I mean, cowboys, Nazis. What more could you ask for? Also, during Sunday's board of directors meeting, Dark Myth Publications. I'm editing as I'm reading, so hang on. Give me a minute. Um, okay. During Sunday's board of directors meeting, Dark Myth Publication discussed a new policy, and it was voted on uh, to put into place allowing for Dark Myth Publications to produce more hardback books. Woohoo! Uh, speaking of hardback books and the board of directors, it was also agreed that a new prize will be added to the open contract challenge. So, the grand prize winner will receive a contract for a hardback book instead of a paperback. 
So, to be clear, the winner will receive an ebook and a hardback contract from Darkbit Publications. That would be me. Or one of its imprints. If it's um, a comic book or a children's book, then it'll come from Dark Myth Comics or MKids. Okay, so since we are talking about the Open Contract Challenge, Walter G. Esselman has formally returned as the chief director of the contest. He will also retain his duties as president of the company and chairman of the board of directors. He's a busy little bee. Um, there have also... Hang on, big truck. There we go. Uh, there's also been a change in leadership roles during the weekend. As I have formally vacated the title of CEO. Now, I will remain editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Publications until um, issue 12 is finished for American Smash. And then something new will be added to my title. I'm not leaving Dark Myth Publications. The way this is written, if I were to read it the way it is written, it would sound like after issue 12 of American Smash over on Dark Myth Comics, I'm leaving Dark Myth Publications, and that's not happening. Um, so, you know. Anyway, more on that in a minute. David K. Montoya will be returning in full capacity as Chief Executive Officer for the Jasmine Dark Myth Company. He never should have left it in the first place because he left it in the wrong hands. That's all I'm saying. Sticking his tongue out at me. Because he knows I'm right. He knows I'm right. Um, the company's chief financial officer, Gary Falls Jr., had to temporarily step down due to a serious illness in his family. And I will be the interim CFO and treasurer until Gary returns or is elected permanently into that position. Uh, it was decided in Dark over in Dark Myth Comics that American Smash number one will be inked by the series regular inker um, GD. Okay, GD Patrick, <laughs> who was not a part of the company when the first issue was being made. Also, God's Time Ishmael, the series' ongoing colorist, will also recolor issue number one. Woohoo! So, as mentioned previously, um, I will be the editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Publications, um, probably until, you know, my dying breath. Uh, but after issue 12 of American Smash... Okay, this is really confusing. The way, the way that he, he had given me the... Um... Okay, so... I'm going to read it exactly how it's written, and then I will explain it. So it says, as mentioned previously, Stephanie Barty, that's me, will be the editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Publications until after issue number 12 of American Smash. This will happen as the current editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics, Henry Heinrich, will be moving into the role of comic publisher after issue number 12. Then the jobs of editor-in-chief of publications and comics... Okay, now we're getting to... Now we're, now we're making sense. You weren't making sense in the first paragraph confusing the whole lot of us um so then the jobs of editor-in-chief of publications and editor-in-chief of comics will be unified and i will become something that hasn't happened since the late great terry d Shearer, as editor-in-chief of the company he was editor-in-chief of the company until 2013 
So I'm, again, stepping into some really big shoes to fill. Because I am sure, no, don't even shake your head and say that, because I am sure you ask anybody. You ask the Mythmaster, you ask Jeff Young, you ask David K. Montoya, anybody who has known Terry D. Shearer at all, and they speak very highly of this man, and they all still mourn the loss of this man. And to be stepping into a role that only he has occupied is a little intimidating, but more on that later. <laughs> um, okay, so over at Myth Mart, we have added some new horror-themed t-shirts, and I will be buying all five of them because I just can't decide which one I want the most. I love them all. They were designed by Walter G. Esselman, so go check them out at www.mythmart.com. And I can guarantee you, if you are a horror fan and have uh, a sense of humor, you will find a shirt that you like. Um, the Caffeinated Dead was one of my favorites. I love that one. It's one of, of Dave's favorites, too. And then there's one where the cop kind of, he looks like he's just walked into the room and he looks up and he sees, like, the demon on the ceiling and he's like well shit <laughs> i love that one um friends don't let friends go into the basement alone i uh, absolutely that one i'm getting for crystal i want to get that one for crystal because she doesn't like basements she doesn't like zombie doors like you know the, the basement door in the floor um uh, yeah so i have to get her that one but they are great the graphics on them are stunning so I would go and check those out and uh, get one, please. And finally, starting next month, Dave Montoya will be returning to the JZO Modcast Podcast Network. About freaking time. Uh, and he will be hosting Flashbacks, a podcast that will pull three random episodes from our shows, from our archives, from the past, whether they're still active or retired, and play them for everyone's... I thought it said judgment. I really did. I thought it said for everyone's judgment. But for everyone's enjoyment. But, you know, if you feel the need to judge, we don't judge. Carry on. <laughs> we won't judge you for judging. Okay. So. That are... That... Bleh. Hang on. I need to lubricate my tongue. It got stuck. That, my fellow listeners is housekeeping for this week. And if you've listened to uh, Tim's podcast, you probably heard the exact same thing. Um, probably not quite as awkwardly as mine, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm getting sign language and, and, and... Oh, so Tim's hasn't come out yet, so he'll, they'll hear mine first. <laughs> All right, so you're going to hear mine first. Anyway... You'll hear Tim's on Monday. <laughs> okay, so that all being said, um, we're actually going to dive into um, something that I want to start doing again. I used to do Florida Man Fridays, all right? I always had like a little clip of Florida Man or Florida Woman, and then I started getting redundant, and I got bored. So I stopped doing it, but I want to kind of do like a little segment now called Freaky Fridays and just, you know, whatever weirdness or bizarreness or strangeness that I happen to come across in the week, 
uh, whether I found it on the internet or it's happened to me in my life or somebody has sent me something. Because um, I get sent really weird stuff all the time. All the time. Um, and I want to start sharing it with you guys because I have a tendency. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about me. I don't know if I'm like a freaky weirdness magnet. Uh, but weird stuff just seems to come my way or happen around me. And and where people are like looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> where? where? What, what What is happening? <laughs> what is happening right now? And it happens enough of the time that <laughs> speaking of weirdness um that people take notice and um kind of comment on it and and have some people have actually started keeping track i'm just responding to a message uh regarding my child Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know where she thought I was going to answer her at five o'clock in the morning, but that's when she messaged me. Anyway, so yeah, people have started commenting on like the weirdness, like I will get something and weird things will happen to it, or I'll go somewhere and weird stuff will happen, like the lights will start to flicker and go off, or the power will turn off, or something will glitch. I'm really bad around electronics. Um. I have learned I have to ground myself quite often, especially when I'm in an environment that is full of electronics and EMF, because strange things will happen. You can ask my live studio audience. He'll tell you. Uh, the Echo Dot has done strange things. Um, computers have done strange things when I've been there. Things will just start talking for no apparent reason. <laughs> uh, TVs will turn on or turn off. Um, lights, lights, the lights. I think the light was the the biggest one that that finally actually made uh Dave go, "What the hell? <laughs> like, are are you haunted or something?" Um, the light just randomly turned on, and then randomly turned off, <laughs> like just on its own. You know, like woke us up and then went out. Like, okay, thank you. Um. But yeah, strange and weird things do happen to me. So I decided I am going to do a segment called Freaky Friday. And it'll be stuff that um, is freaky. So, okay. So these are uh, fun little facts, little kid facts. This, is, this part is kid-friendly. I'm pretty sure the next part is kid-friendly too, but you know. So did you know that it is impossible for most people, most people, to lick their own elbow. I'll give you all a minute. Because I do know there are some of my listeners out there that are going to be attempting to lick their own elbow. Mike. <laughs> okay, did you also know that a crocodile cannot stick its tongue out? So it couldn't lick its own elbow if it tried. I bet you it could lick your elbow, though, from the inside. You know, you just bite your arm off and lick your elbow that way. Uh, a shrimp's heart is in its head. That's kind of reassuring because when you eat shrimp, they've been deheaded. So deheaded, beheaded. See, weirdness. 
Um, so you're not actually eating. You can eat your heart out, but you're not eating their heart out. <laughs> anyway, I know, bad joke. Uh, did you know that it is physically impossible, physically impossible for pigs to look up into the sky? So the only way pigs would actually ever see the sky is if pigs could fly. So when you say when pigs fly, you're actually being very nice to the pigs because that's the only way they'll ever see the sky. They can't not, they can't, their heads don't bend that way. Um, the sixth. Wow. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. This is supposed to be, it is believed to be the toughest tongue twister in the English language, I apologize now for any bad language that may ensue for me attempting to do this. <laughs> I'm just looking at it and I can already tell this is going to be a train wreck. Okay. Sixth, six sheiks, six sheeps sick. Okay. That, that, I'm not saying it any faster. Six, six sheiks, six sheeps sick. Blah, blah. No, I can't. Try it. Try it. Sixth, sick sheiks. Sixth sheeps sick. Yeah, wow. Did you know? Oh, okay, I knew this one because I've done it. Did you know if you sneeze too hard, you can fracture a rib? Mm hmm. Uh, wearing headphones for just an hour could increase the bacteria in your ears by 700 times. I can't wear the inner ear, like, you know, the, the headphone just stick in your ear because. My ears get clogged like nobody's business. So that one, I believe. Uh, in the course of an average lifetime, while sleeping, while sleeping, remember this, especially those of you that sleep with your mouth open. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm looking at you, babe. <laughs> in the course of an average lifetime, while sleeping, you might eat, eat around 70 assorted insects. And ten spiders or more. <laughs> He's okay with that. Ew. No. <laughs> nope, can't. Mm -mm. <sighs> also, did you know that some lipsticks contain fish scales? Scales. Fish scales. Oh, I also want to dispel something while I'm here. Um, there was a, a thing on, um, and sadly I had to break her poor heart and tell her that it wasn't actually true, but there was a thing about WD-40 and that the main ingredient in WD-40 was fish oil. It is not. It is petroleum, not fish oil. There is no fish oil in WD-40 at all. Do you know what the WD actually stands for? My live studio audience does not know what the WD and WD-40 actually stands for. It's called, it stands for Water Displacement Number 40. So it took them 40 tries before they actually got a water displacement spray that worked. And it works on a multitude of things. Anyway, back to our list. See, there's a weird fact that I happen to know. Um, cat urine glows under black light. Uh, like fingerprints, everyone's tongue print is different. <laughs> uh, okay. Rubber bands last longer when refrigerated. 
um, rubber bands last longer when refrigerated. So rubber lasts longer when woo keep the condoms in the refrigerator. Well, no, that's latex. Well, you know, keep the condoms in the refrigerator. Just saying. Uh, there are 293 ways to make change for a dollar. The average person's left hand does 56% of the typing when using the proper position of the hands on the keyboard. Hunting and pecking doesn't count, Mr. Montoya. <laughs> a shark, ugh. A shark is the only known fish that can blink with both eyes. I don't care. Okay, speaking of um, words, the longest one-syllable word in the English language are as follow. Scrunched. Strengthed. Some suggest that squirreled could be added, but squirrel is intended to be pronounced with two syllables, squirrel, according to most dictionaries. Screeched and strengths are two other long one-syllable words, but they only have nine letters. Dreamt is the only English, 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 the only English, <laughs> the only English word that ends in the letters M-T. Almonds are a member of the peach family. So if you say you can't have nuts because you're allergic to almonds, they're a member of the peach family. Maine is the only state that has a one-syllable name. Kind of neat. There are only four words in the English language with end in D-O-U-S. Tremendous, horrendous, stupendous, and hazardous. Holy moly! Okay break out my really bad Spanish accent for this one. Los Angeles's full name. Do you know what Los Angeles's full name is? I should hope so because you live in California. Los Angeles's full name is do not come at me for mispronunciation. El Pueblo de Nuestra Señora Lorena de Los Angeles de Porquincula? Close? He has no idea. Yeah, um, Los Angeles. LA. <laughs> LA works. <laughs> See, they shortened that big name to Los Angeles, and even that wasn't short enough, and then they just shortened it to LA. Uh, a cat has 32 muscles in each ear. 32. Go find a cat. Check it out. 32 muscles in each ear. Well, this makes a whole lot of sense. An ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, tigers have striped skin, not just fur. Uh, in many advertisements, the time displayed on a watch is 1010. Uh, the character is Bert and Ernie, you know, the controversial have to kick him off Sesame Street and yada, 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 because people, yeah. The characters Bert and Ernie on Sesame Street were named after Bert the Cop and Ernie the Taxi Driver in Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. 
Shame on all of you. The dime, and I bet you people are actually, there's going to be somebody out there that's actually going to go count this. The dime has 118 ridges around the edge. 118 ridges. Did you know? Did you know? That the ridges on a Ritz cracker are there to cut cheese. Just saying. Things TikTok taught me. The giant squid has the largest eyes in the world. <sighs> Most people, and these are psychos, sociopaths, and generally crazy people. Most people fall asleep in seven minutes. I'm dating one of those psychos. He can fall asleep in seven seconds. Never mind seven minutes. He's like mid-conversation, mid-word, and he has fallen asleep. Mid-word. <laughs> and he's not arguing with me because he knows I'm right. And now I guarantee you he is probably going to take his left hand and find out if I'm right. Stewardesses is the longest word that is typed with only the left hand. Look down at your keyboard. S. T-E-W-A-R-D-E-S-S-E-S-S -S 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 is all on the left-hand side. The entirety of, yeah. So you want to, like, get some practice and, and work out your fingers? Type that word out a hundred times. Guaranteed you'll have a cramp somewhere. So those were the, the friendly, which I kind of made unfriendly, um, facts and trivia. So now we're going to go over to... Uh, well, I'm not, I might not do all 60 weird facts, but you never know. Weird facts most people don't know. I'm going to see how many of these my live studio audience knows. Did you know? Flamingos bend their legs at the what? He is saying the what? Where do they bend their legs at? Shall I give you two choices? I can't read his lips, so I'm just going to tell you the answer. So, flamingos bend their legs at the ankle, not the knee. And you would think, because you look at a flamingo and the bendy part is in the middle of their leg. But that is actually their ankle, not their knee. They essentially stand on tiptoe. Their knees are closer to the body and are covered by feathers. Yeah. There you go. This one, I read this one and I bust out laughing because I can tell you the adrenaline rush that a person gets after doing this particular activity leads you to anything but not sitting. <laughs> Let me tell you, in the carnal sense, because, you know, especially if it's an overwhelmingly one, because, you know, you're alive and you survived and you want to go and celebrate that life. So roller coasters. Roller coasters were invented to distract Americans from sin. I'm sorry, but I've been on some roller coasters that have made me want to go have a drink. Because I need one. Um, in the 1880s, hosiery, you know what hosiery is? Pantyhose, nylons. Hosiery businessman Lamarcus Thompson hated that Americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons, and brothels. So, he set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places he could think of. Coney Island in New York. 
There, he built America's first roller coaster to give some New Yorkers some good, clean fun, away from seedier pastimes. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, did you know ice pops were invented by an 11-year-old by accident? In 1905, an 11-year-old boy named Frank Epperson left soda powder and water outside overnight with its wooden stir still in the cup. The mixture had frozen in the chilly nighttime weather, and so the Epsicle was born. He sold the treat around his neighborhood and a nearby amusement park and even patented the recipe. Years later, he changed the name to Popsicle because that's what his kids called their pops concoction. And if you like these weird facts, keep listening, because I got a few more. So yeah, some people call them ices, some people call them um, icicles or, or whatever, but they're called popsicles. Pop. Popsicles. Sloths! Did you know sloths can hold their breath longer than dolphins can? Ah, see, my live studio audience didn't know that one. By slowing their heart rates, sloths can hold their breath for up to 40 minutes. Dolphins need to come up for air after about 10 minutes. 40 minutes. And all you got to do is slow your heart rate? Hmm. Think on that one, ladies. Okay. A one... <laughs> side eye. <laughs> a woman was elected to Congress before woman, women's suffrage. American women were given the right to vote in 1920, but Jeanette Rankin became the first woman in the U.S. federal office in 1916. Um, now this one just blows my mind. And I, I, I'm, I need, I keep saying I need to go and get a box and find out but did you know Fruit Loops are all the same flavor? Apparently, Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. There's no point in eating around the purple ones. All Fruit Loops, fruit loops taste like fruit. Well, F-R-O-O-T. Other than the Wild Berry Fruit Loops, of course. Supermarket apples, that's the ones that you buy in the supermarket that look all fresh and beautiful, can be up to a year old. These weird facts might have you changing the way you eat. Those fresh apples aren't all that fresh, per se. They're usually picked between August and November, covered in wax, hot air dried, and sent into cold storage. After 6 to 12 months, they finally land in your grocery store shelves. Um, okay, did you know it's impossible to hum while holding your nose? Oh, geez, it is. You can't. <laughs> you can't do it. And it says you just tested it, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Normally, when you hum, air is able to escape through your nose to create the sound. And of course, you can't do that when you're holding it shut. Yep. Go ahead. Try it. I dare you. Octopuses have three hearts. So you pretty much have three chances to break an octopus's heart. And on the third try, you're done. Squids do too. 
one pumps blood to their whole system, and two are dedicated just to the gills. Oh, well, I knew this one. Most wasabi paste isn't real wasabi. Wasabi is expensive, so most companies use horseradish instead. Real wasabi is actually milder than what you'd be getting with your sushi. Uh, people used to say prunes instead of cheese when having their picture taken. Because they all look like horses. Prunes! <laughs> That's just weird. Um, in the 1840s, a big, dare we say cheesy, grin was seen as childish. So one London photographer told people to say prunes to keep their mouth taut. And the look predated today's fish face selfie. Prune. Prune. Hmm. By, oh, 180 years. But evidently the first selfie was really invented in 1839. 1839, people have been obsessed with taking pictures of themselves. Yeah. Uh, in the Philippines, McDonald's serves spaghetti. Um, um, the pasta comes with a beef tomato sauce and a piece of McDo, which is fried chicken. McDo. <laughs> McDo. I, I don't know. At least it's not McPoo. <laughs> McBob. <laughs> McBob, McBob, Bob. <laughs> That's the name of our iRobot. Okay. Uh, dunce caps used to be a sign of intelligence. Yep. 13th century philosopher John Duns Scotus believed that a pointed cap would help spread knowledge from the tip of the brain to his dunsmen, followers wore them as a badge of honor. In the 1500s, though, his idea became less popular and the meaning of the Dunn's cap, Dunn's cap, D-U-N-S space cap, was turned on its head, becoming something of a joke. No, Dunn's cap. Okay, well, Adolf Hitler was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Don't worry, the Swedish politician who sent the letter of nomination in 1939 meant it ironically and withdrew his nomination. In an even more ironic twist, Hitler was had banned Germans from accepting the awards four years before his own name was thrown into the ring. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Ew! Lobsters taste with their feet. Tiny bristles inside a lobster's tiny pinchers are their equivalent to human taste buds. Meanwhile, lobsters' teeth are in one of their three stomachs. Lobsters are one of those foods some professional chefs cook in the microwave. <gasps> oh! Sacrilege! The British royal family is named after Windsor. You'd think Windsor Castle was named after the House of Windsor, but it's actually the other way around. The royal family changed its, changed its name from Saxe-Coburg-Gotha in 1917, so it would sound less German, and chose Windsor because they had ties with the English town. Oh, 
Oh, see, I never knew that. Okay, so do y'all have Three Musketeers in the States? The Three Musketeers chocolate bar? I love them. Absolutely love them. Now, the original Three Musketeers bars of the 1930s came in a three-pack with a different nougat flavor in each, vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. World War II rations made that triple threat expensive, so the company cut down to one, which is what we have today. That's why it was called Three Musketeers. They could have called it the Neapolitan, too. <laughs> uh, before toilet paper was invented, Americans used corn cobs. Not the leaves, the actual cob itself. To scrubby their butt. Ew. Alternatively, they'd use periodicals like the Farmer's Almanac, which was designed with a hole so it could be hung in outhouses. Necessity is the mother of invention, after all. <laughs> oh no, all I've got in my head is... I am Cornholio! <laughs> okay. The Empire State Building has its own zip code. I knew that. It's home to 10118. Oh, hang on. Well, we're not, now we need to know what the zip code really stands for. All right. Why do you use zip codes? Everyone has memorized exactly two zip codes, 90210 and whatever their own zip code is. We can thank a certain TV show set in Beverly Hills for that one. Uh, even Canadians know 90210. And if you go to the States, it was really funny. A uh, little, side, little side story here. Um, the first year I drove my mom down to Florida, my Uncle Victor had told my mom, you can use your Canadian credit card, but when it asks for a zip code, just put in, I think they, how many numbers is it? One, two, three, five. Just put in five ones. So I'm a smart ass. I thought, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to put in an actual zip code. So I put my mom's credit card into the gas pump, asked for a zip code. I used 90210 from New York to Florida. It worked every single time. Because <laughs> it was the only one that I could think of, like, quickly. Um, because we could have used the one where mom was staying. Um, we could have used my Auntie Kathy's. But that would have required me to have a piece of paper. I didn't know you. Yes, I did know you. But I didn't know your zip code then. Not off by heart. Aw, my live studio audience is pouting. Because I, I used Luke Perry's um, zip code instead of his. It was the only one that I could know off by heart. Didn't have to think about it. Didn't have to pull out a piece of paper and look at it. Because, you know, every pump in the States has a camera. So... I didn't want to look like I was trying to scam the system or something, even though I was. <laughs> Doesn't work now. I've tried it. Doesn't work now. Okay, so why do you use zip codes? The entire practice of using zip codes is a relatively new system that was put in place on July 1st, 1963. Before that, starting in 1943, the U.S. Postal Service used a series of postal zones for large cities only. If you were writing an address, that number would go after the city and before the state, and mail carriers used it to sort more mail more efficiently. So, in 1944, a postal worker named Robert Moon submitted an idea for a new postal zone system that would cover the whole country. 
The first number would stand for a group of states, starting at zero on the East Coast and ending at nine on the West Coast. The second and third numbers would specify to which section, which sectional center facility, the place where mail gets processed and distributed, should go in that area. The U.S. Postal Service eventually adopted this plan with the addition of two numbers at the end to indicate the proper post office or postal zone, and thus the Zone Improvement Plan Code, or ZIP Code, Zone Improvement Plan Code, ZIP Code, was born. So, about 20 years after the first zip codes were put into place, the Postal Service made one more tweak to the system, because, you know, the government just can't leave well enough alone. The four digits that come after your zip code. These stand for specific area that any given post office covers. The sixth and seventh numbers refer to a delivery sector, which could be a group of streets, one large building, or another small geographic area. The last two stand for a delivery segment, like the floor of an office building or one side of a street. Even though the U.S. Postal Service says proper credit for the zip code's creation goes to a committee of people, our addresses would look quite different if it weren't for Moon's numerical inspiration. There you go. Ooh, there's some more weird things. 23 secrets, secrets your mail carrier won't tell you. I, I've fallen down a rabbit hole of weirdness. <laughs> All right. How far in are we? Ah, we're good. We got lots of time. Okay, so. The shortest war in history lasted, how long do you think? How long do you think the shortest war in history lasted? Any ideas? I, I, I'm not sure if he said 60 days or six days or something like that. He didn't say that at all. Okay. So the shortest war in history lasted 38 minutes. 38 minutes. When the Sultan of British Protected Zanzibar died and a new one took over without British approval in 1896, the Brits were not happy. Tension escalated when Sultan Khalid bin Burgish refused to step down, but the British warships spent less than 40 minutes bombarding the palace before Khalid fled, marking the very quick end of the Anglo-Zanzibar War. Because, <laughs> you know, Okay, holy crap. Blue whales, their tongues can weigh as much as an elephant. That's a heavy tongue. Their hearts, meanwhile, can weigh almost a ton and needs to beat just once every 10 seconds. The world's largest waterfall. Do you know where the world's largest waterfall is located? Okay, now some of you are going to be jumping and thinking, oh, Niagara Falls is the world's largest waterfall. No. Yes, there are waterfalls um, in these places, but the world's largest waterfall is underwater. Yep, it's under the ocean. At the Denmark Strait, the cold water from the Nordic Sea is denser than the Erminger Sea's warm water making it drop almost two miles down at 123 million cubic feet per second. 
Wow is right. <laughs> All right. So Michelangelo wrote a poem about how much he hated painting the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> and we giggle because we've read it. <laughs> we know. Yep. Uh, one translation of the poem he sent to his friend begins, I've already grown a goiter from this torture, hunched up here like a cat in Lombardy, or anywhere else where the stagnant waters prison. Poison. Stagnant water's poison. Doesn't sound like he was too thrilled about that task, now was he? <laughs> and yet, it's one of the things that he is most famous for. That and being a Ninja Turtle. Queen Elizabeth II had, well, had, when this was written it was has, but now it's had, a stand-in to make sure the sun wouldn't get in her eyes. So, Ella Slack has a similar height and stature to the Queen. Well, not anymore, because the Queen's now dead. Uh, so before big events, she'd do a rehearsal to avoid any royal pains, like the sun getting in Her Majesty's eyes. Slack has been doing it for three decades, but isn't allowed to sit in the throne. So she has to squat above it. Betcha she's got some strong leg muscles. Are you frozen or dead? <laughs> See, when he starts, like, trying to mess with me while I'm podcasting, if, if I make him laugh, then I know he's not frozen or dead. Because <laughs> he laughs. <laughs> That's my weapon. Making him laugh. All right. Shadows are darker on the moon. I, I don't know how you could get much darker than black. On Earth, the atmosphere scatters more sunlight, so our shadows aren't too dark. But on the moon, shadows are so dark that Neil Armstrong said he had trouble seeing where he was going. Okay. Sea cucumbers fight with their guts. Well, when they say fight from your belly, I guess sea cu cucumbers take that literally. When threatened, they'll shoot out their internal organs. I'm not sure if that's exactly the best way to defend yourself. Ah, well, their, their, their internal organs are poisonous to predators, so they'll sometimes get rid of their entire digestive system. But... The neat thing about that is their organs grow back. So, you know, throw them, throw your stomach at them and you'll just grow another one. Great diet plan, I suppose. <laughs> uh, the inventor of the internet regrets the URL setup. Yep. Tim Berners-Lee, who created the main software of the World Wide Web, admits, admitted he regrets one thing. Adding forward slash, forward slash, after HTTPS, semicolon, or colon, in a web address. It was standard for programming, but didn't serve any real purpose. And when looking back in 2009, he said leaving it out would have saved time and space. You know, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Okay, Statue of Liberty was used as a lighthouse at one point. About a month after the statue's 1886 dedication, it became a working lighthouse for 16 years, with its torch visible from 24 miles away. Strawberries aren't berries. <laughs> Not sure what that noise was, but it wasn't in here. Neither are raspberries. And blackberries, according to botanists, true berries stem from one single ovary flower. 
and have two or more seats. Strawberries don't fit that bill. But bananas, kiwis, and watermelon do. <laughs> but everything that ends in the word berry, strawberry, raspberry, blackberry, are not berries. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Treasury once printed $100,000 bills. Between December 18th, 1934, and January 9th, 1935, the notes with Ridwo Wood bleh, Woodrow Wilson's face were issued to Federal Reserve Banks, but never went out to the general public, which is probably for the best. Could you imagine losing that bill? <laughs> uh, a flock of ravens is called an unkindness. A flock of crows is called a murder. They're also known as a conspiracy. Kind of creepy. Uh, NASA uses countdowns because of a sci-fi film. Yeah, really. The countdown Fritz Lang used to create suspense in the rocket launch scene of his 1929 silent film Frau Amand didn't just change film history. It also inspired NASA to use countdowns before its own blastoffs. Not exactly a race against the clock, though. NASA can feel free to pause the clock and check mechanical difficulties. Uh, Manhattan. Okay, let me try that again. Manhattan ants, it's all one word, are an ant species specific to New York City. Biologists found them in a specific 14-block strip of the city, and they all live in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, fancy riding on bikes is illegal in Illinois. That includes riding without hands or taking your feet off the pedals when you're on the street. So no going wee on your bike. Uh, the world's smallest wasp is smaller than an amoeba. Great. Death by the unseen. Uh, the Mega Framega Mimirapen wasp wow, has the same body parts as any other bug, brain, wings, eyes, and more, but is a fifth of a millimeter long, making it smaller than most amoebas, which are made of just one cell. Uh, some single-celled organisms are bigger than a wasp. So apparently two can play that game. The Calerpa algae is made of just one cell, but can grow up to 12 inches long. All right. Okay. Most likely stands for fake words. In the 1830s, people jokingly spelled abbreviations incorrectly. One of the most famous, all correct, turned into oral correct, and then, of course, into okay. Historians think it's stuck because Martin Van Buren, known as Old Kinderhook, after his hometown in New York, supporters called themselves the OK Club when he was campaigning for re-election. <laughs> oh, the Eiffel Tower was originally intended for Barcelona. <laughs> I didn't know that either. The Spanish city thought the design was too ugly. So Gustav Eiffel pitched it to Paris instead as a temporary landmark during its 1889 International Exposition. That I did know, that it was supposed to be temporary. 
French critics didn't like it much either, though. But, you know, it's now one of the most recognized landmarks in the world. It is one of the seven wonders of the world, I do believe. Um, oh, I bet you they don't now. Queen Elizabeth II's cows sleep on waterbeds. Mm -hmm. They apparently help ease the cattle's pressure points. So they get to snooze on waterbeds every night. Albert Einstein is an anagram for 10 elite brains. Seems fitting. Uh, British military tanks are equipped to make tea. Yes, because the British take their tea time very seriously. There's a boiling vessel inside so crew can make tea and coffee anytime, including during battle. How frightfully English. <laughs> Researchers once turned a live cat into a, into a telephone. Uh, Princeton researchers Ernest Weaver and Charles Bray took out a cat's skull and most of its brain to connect the animal to electricity. When they spoke into the cat's ear, the sound could be heard through a phone receiver in another room. The twisted experiment paved the way for colloquial implants developments. Okay, you know, I feel really bad for the cat, but that balances out with the joy of people who have never been able to hear or who lost their hearing now being able to hear their their mom's voice for the first time or, you know, their husband's or wife's voice or their children's voice for the first time. Um, yeah. That one's kind of a hard one to, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm all for research if it improves the lives of the people. Pez candy was invented to help smokers quit. Yep. The Austrian. Did you know Pez was Austrian? I didn't know that either. The Pez, the Austrian Pez creator named the candies after the German word for peppermint. Pfeffermans. Okay. When they were introduced in 1927, they were round mints sold in tins so you probably wouldn't see a former chain smoker with a Mickey Mouse dispenser. Uh, there's only one Shell gas station shaped like a shell. It looks kind of cute. Uh, eight were built in the 1930s, but only one, the only one left is in North Carolina. Road trip. <laughs> I bet you it's on like Route 66 or something. Uh, William McKinley was shot right after giving away his good luck charm. Dumbass. President McKinley always wore a red carnation for good luck, but sometimes gave it out as a memento. When greeting the crowd in 1901, he handed a 12-year-old girl, Myrtle, his bloom off his lapel saying, I must give this flower to another little flower. Minutes later, he was fatally shot by a man in the crowd. Uh, you can see four states from the top of Chicago's Willis Tower. From the top of the former Sears Tower, on a clear day, you can see about 40 to 50 miles away. Beyond Illinois, out to Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Oh, that would be a cool picture if we could get Jeff and Walter and Kevin. And then you had the what? And they all like stand in there with like a big sign or something. You get their pictures. <laughs> 
That'd be cool. Okay, so the shortest commercial flight in the world is in Scotland. Yes, it's true. Scottish regional airline Loganair operates the shortest commercial flight in the world between the islands Westray and Papa Westray. A distance of 1.7 miles, which is scheduled for 90 seconds. You don't even have time to buckle your seatbelt. Uh, there's a reason why passports come in four colors. Here's a weird fact that might surprise you. Have you ever wondered why there isn't a hot pink passport? The reasoning is because most countries prefer dark shades of red, green, and blue, since these dark colors look more official, and if they're dirty, it's not as noticeable. Uh, the letter Q doesn't appear in any state name. Out of all 50 states, not one has the letter Q in it. But out of all of the provinces in Canada, we do have, um, there's Quebec. I think we have, no, that's a territory. Uh, yeah, we do have one province that has a Q in it, and that's Quebec. Uh, Scotland has more than 400 words for snow. Uh, I could probably add a few more. I bet you they're not, they're not all nice words. There are a lot of weird facts out there, but how many of them involve word choice? In Scotland, yes, there are more than 400 words for snow. There are 421 to be exact. World's largest national park is located in Greenland. There are a lot of weird facts that people don't know. Northeast Greenland National Park is conveniently also located on the world's largest island. This remote national park is huge at 375 square miles. The Eiffel Tower took exactly two years, two months, and five days to create. Yep. Um, there's an American flag on royal wedding souvenirs. The wedding of Prince Harry to American Meghan Markle brought much fanfare and excitement, and that shows on souvenirs, including this coffee mug. I'm looking at it. It's very pretty. Uh, bet you didn't expect to find an American flag from this wedding. Here are a few more interesting places to find American flags. I'm not telling you. There are five countries in the world that don't have airports. Oh, nap time. Okay, so if you're jet setting, tra if you're a jet setting traveler, it's hard to imagine not having an airport nearby, or for your for your family for your next family gathering or work event. However, Vatican City. San Marino, Monaco, Liechtenstein. Yeah, every time I hear that, I think of um, the movie. Um, oh, ah, Heath Ledger. Um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the movie? A Knight's Tale. Thank you. Okay, um, and Andorra somehow make it work. They don't have airports. Could you imagine trying to go to uh, Vatican City or Morocco? Like, you can't fly into Morocco. You have to fly around Morocco. <laughs> and then, I guess, drive in. Um, did you know that household bleach expires? Me neither. Uh, yeah, it lasts about six months. That's okay. Mine never actually sticks around that long. The smallest country in the world, by landmass, is Vatican City. Did you know Vatican City was actually considered a country? Yep, the tiny country measures 0.02 square miles and even prints its own maps. 
Uh, cars can easily reach 140 degrees Fahrenheit. You might be driving along the highway and not notice how hot your car is getting, but when you pull over for a while, your car can reach intense degrees. One of the reasons why you should never leave food in your car for long periods of time. Or babies. Or small animals. Or large animals, for that matter. Or your mother. I cracked a window for her, though. Uh, cucumber slices can fight bad breath. I didn't know that. It's a weird fact, but cucumbers can fight bad breath. If you don't have a mint on hand, use a slice of cucumber. Okie dokie. Uh, the last letter added to the alphabet was not Z or Z. It was actually the letter J. Yeah. You might think that the letter Z was the last letter added because it's the last letter of the alphabet, but that's incorrect. It's actually J. The alphabet that we know and love today wasn't created alphabetically either. The shortest railway in the world takes less than a minute. The shortest funicular railway is Fisherman's Walk Cliff Railway, located in Bournemouth, England, and Angel's Flight. An Angel's Flight, located in Los Angeles, advertises on its website that it's the shortest railway in the world. Now that your brain is filled with these weird facts, let's move on. <laughs> I really need to start reading a little more ahead, because I always have to come up with some witty quip at the end of a sentence that I wasn't supposed to read. Like that one. Okay, so that is our Freaky Friday installment. So now we're going to actually get down to, holy crap, it's already been an hour. This might be a long one. Well, no, because what I'm about to say probably won't take very long um, to say, which is why I kind of added the Freaky Friday bit beforehand, um, because I don't want to like belabor the fact. But as I said in the minutes, um, or as it said in the, not the minutes, but the uh, housekeeping, um, I rather by surprise, because <laughs> I don't think he actually thought I was going to do it. I think he thought I was just complaining and venting and because I threatened to quit almost on a daily. Um, and I don't think he actually thought I was going to follow through with this one, but I stepped down from being CEO and I knew when I was given the job in November, when I was fallen told that I would be taking over the position, um, that I was going to struggle. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to have him right here and he'll be able to help me and he'll be able to guide me and he'll be able to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. And unfortunately, when Dave stepped away from being CEO, he was not in a mental place to be there to help me. He needed to step away. He needed the break. So I was kind of left going, well, all right, um, Let's wing it. And in my defense, I didn't do horribly because the company is making money um, to a point. We're not covering all of our bills yet, but we are getting there. But I had no idea what I was doing. And the longer I went struggling with trying to figure out what I was doing, the more the things that I knew how to do started to suffer. I lost my, I think it was my, my 
passion for writing went first. That was the first thing that stopped. I wrote my installment in January for the World of Myth magazine for Penance. And then when I wrote February's, I it was forced. Um, I was struggling to try and find the rhythm of the story and try and get into the characters. And that's when I went, you know what? No, I'm, I can't do this. I can't. I, I, I'm done. I can't write anymore. And that kind of spiraled me into a domino effect. Then the podcasting started to suffer because I've already done all my whiny podcasts. I've already done all my emotional struggling uh, podcasts. So I didn't want to um, be repetitive, I guess. And I couldn't find anything to talk about that I hadn't already regurgitated on a previous podcast. So I stopped podcasting. And then it became a struggle to get the um, submissions for the magazine edited. And those three things right there, writing, podcasting, and editing the magazine, are my top three passions. Those are the three things that I am the most involved in, that I care about the most, that I fight for the most. Trust me. Ask Dave. Every time he has suggested bringing in another editor or moving me away from the magazine... Um, he usually does it when there's about 3,000 miles between the two of us so that physically he doesn't get harmed. <laughs> I think he mentioned it once when I was actually in the same room as him and he quickly retracted his statement, modified it and came back with, you know, something else. Because <laughs> I am very, very, very mama bear protective over, um, over the magazine. Now, my podcast, I have come to be very protective over Lupus Bits. As you all may remember, the transition from Myth Bits to Lupus Bits was not smooth. Did not quite go necessarily as planned. <laughs> and I did not take it well. I don't do change well. Um, and that started to become very evident to me as I became less and less involved in what the company was doing. Um, I was pulling more and more away. There would be days where I wouldn't even open my laptop and I would, you know, check my emails and I would, um, throw a few posts up from my phone. And then Dave would ask me, did you work today? And I'd be like, yep. And leave it at that. Because if he pushed me any further and questioning me any further, then I'd have to tell him, well, no, not really. Just kind of threw some shit up on my, on my phone. And that was it. But he didn't push because I think he knew if he did push, then he was going to be disappointed in my answer and I was going to have to clarify my answer. So we just kind of left it where we both kind of pretended that everything was okay. And I think it was about week four of not podcasting that he actually started to notice that there was a problem. Um, I wasn't writing, I wasn't working, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything, really. I wasn't editing the books I was supposed to. His book was supposed to come out in January. And I rushed through the editing and I, I fully admit, I screwed it up large. 
I screwed it up big time to the point where he had to pull it off of Amazon because it was bad. It was bad. Um, and that's something that I pride myself on is, is my editing and, and doing the very best that I can possibly do. And I did not do the very, okay, let me rephrase that. I did the very best that I could possibly do at the time, which the mind frame that I'm in now and the mind frame that I was in, say, four months before that point would not have been the best job that I could do. I'm in a much better state of mind now. And so in March, when we realized that there was a serious problem and that I could not handle the pressure of the job I had been given, which is very hard for me to admit, um, we brought him back as co-CEO, thinking that that would help, that he would take care of the business side and I would take care of the the advertising and the marketing and the, the all of the other stuff, MythMart and OCC and and all of that other stuff, and he would just take care of the business stuff, you know, paying the bills and and making sure all of our policies were written because he loves to write policies. He's a little weirdo. I love him for it, but you know, <laughs> it's one of his pleasures is writing policies. Um, and I would take care of everything else and. By the end of March, I realized this is not working. This is not what I want to do. This is not where I want to be. And we had our board meeting the 2nd of April. And I think the board at this point in time had kind of noticed, well, they I know they noticed that uh, there was a problem. And Dave had suggested to me taking a vacation. Now, I want you to know from this point on, I do not mean any ill will towards the board members or the people that I work with. I love them all very dearly. Um, it was just, these are the circumstances surrounding the situation. These are the events that occurred as fact. That's it. Nothing more. Throwing that caveat out there right now. Um, so... He brought it, and I was against it. I'm like, no, because nobody can do what I do. There there aren't enough people on the board of directors to do all the things that I do. And I think it was in that moment when I said that to him that he kind of went, oh, wait a minute. And, and we started itemizing everything that I actually did do for the company. Like I did all the marketing and advertising for the OCC. I do all the marketing and the advertising for MythMart. I do all the marketing and advertising for Dark Myth Publications and Dark Myth Comics. I do all the marketing and advertising for the company in general. I also do all the marketing and advertising for all of the books released through Dark Myth Publications. I do all the editing for Dark Myth Publications, Dark Myth Comics, and the World of Myth Magazine. So there was a lot of, of um, stuff on my plate. And he had also, at, at a previous point, had split the board into two separate boards. So now I was the only one out of all of the people that worked for the company. I was the only one that had to attend two meetings a month. Everybody else had to attend one meeting a month. I had to attend two meetings a month. I had to take minutes for two meetings. I had to have reports for two meetings. So 
I, I mean, I kept telling myself, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start tomorrow. We'll get motivated tomorrow. We'll, we'll get on top of it tomorrow. And if you know me, you know that I was fully invested in my happy planner. I had it all itemized, decked out. And this is when this ad would go out and this is when this, and I would do ads for this part of the company and that part of the company and podcasting and editing and everything. It was all itemized in my happy planner. I haven't put a thing in my happy planner since November of 2022. Um, that is on my list of things to do today is to get my happy planner all set up. Because I am going away on Saturday. So I need to know what I need to do. Um, so I had made a decision that I was stepping down from CEO. Now, I don't think Dave understood the full impact of what I was actually going to be stepping away from. Because I had reached the point that if I didn't pare down what I was doing, I was going to step away from the company altogether. Period. Be done. No more editing. No more podcasting. No more nothing. I was just out. So in order for me to keep to the things that I am passionate about and that I know if I walked away from them completely, I would regret. I needed to get rid of the things that I didn't have an emotional attachment to that I didn't really need to be involved in that seemed to be running without me and that um, me being CEO had absolutely no um, effect on whatsoever because nobody listened to me anyway. <laughs> it didn't really matter what I said. Everybody still went to Dave. So I think because he had been CEO for so long that it was hard for everybody to switch from going to him for advice and permission and switch to me, which I get. It's fine. I get it. Um, I had a hard time doing it because I kept asking him for permission to do stuff. And he's like, you're CEO. You can do it. I mean, yeah, but it's your company. So I need to ask you permission. He's like, no, you're CEO. <laughs> um, so I had made the decision probably about mid-April that I was going to step down from CEO. And I told him that and he just kind of laughed and he's like, don't worry, it'll be fine. You know, in his way, you got this. Eye of the tiger. No, you know, you know the eye of that tiger is closed. <laughs> Tiger's not watching anymore. Um, then, and then the more I started thinking about it, I realized that I don't have any involvement in the OCC. I never really have. I was there in the inception of the contest when the idea of the contest was created. But from that point on, I have never been involved in the OCC other than, you know, to announce stuff. Other than other than to announce stuff. Um, I couldn't be a judge because I obviously wasn't impartial because... I do all the, the podcasting for Myth Bits. I was doing the podcasting for Myth Bits. So I was never a judge, but I was always not, I was, I'm not involved in it. Um, but I was doing all the advertising for it. I was doing all the promotion for it. And it seemed like meeting after meeting after meeting, people were complaining, we need more ads. We need more promotion. We mean, we, and nobody else was doing it but me. So. I thought, you know what? I don't need to worry about the OCC. That is not my baby. That is not my my lane, not my sandbox. I'm going to take my toys 
and I'm going to go back to my sandbox. And just making that decision in my head, I kind of went, oh, yeah, okay, I feel better. Let me see, what else can I get rid of? What else can I take off my shoulders and throw back at whoever needs to be responsible for it? Uh, Mythmart. All I do for Mythmart is do the ads and do the promotions. Now, I will stu still do all of the ads and promoting for my authors. And I will do that through Mythmart because that's where their books are sold. But I'm not going to go out there and I'm not going to advertise Mythmart. I'm not going to look for people to buy large. That's not my job. That's Jeff's job. That's not my job. So it's up to him now to do all the advertising and the marketing and getting the name MythMart.com out there. Not mine. My job is to get my authors out there. I owe my allegiance, my responsibility to Walter, Jim, Tim, Michael, Cliff, David, me. That's where my, my responsibility lies. That's where my marketing and my advertising responsibility lies is with those people, not with MythMart. Now, granted, MythMart gets advertised through the ads that I make and the marketing that I do for them because I'm sending them to MythMart to get the stuff. But anything else to deal with MythMart, putting stuff up on MythMart, um, creating new things for MythMart, I'm not doing. I'm done. That's not my job. Not my job. I suggested things on numerous occasions and a few things have been done, but I, I'm, I'm not my job. Not my job. Gave you the ideas. Now you need to do something with them. Not my job. And that became, I felt a little more relieved, a little lighter. Like, all right, so that's two. What else can I get rid of? <laughs> and walking away from CEO was the hardest thing I've had to do because I had to admit defeat. I had to admit I couldn't do it. And, and I know it didn't, but in my brain, admitting that I couldn't do it, I felt like I was disappointing Dave. I was letting him down because he had this incredible amount of faith and belief in me that I could do it. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, but when I dropped that mantle, when I finally took it off and I laid it down and I stepped back from it, let me tell you, all of my characters started talking to me in my head again. I'm not, and, the th and that's the thing, like, I, I haven't, still haven't written anything because I can't get them all to shut up long enough to pick one. They're all yelling at the same time. I'm back to creating really good ads again and getting them out there. I'm back to podcasting every week. And it didn't start until I made the active decision to step down. So when the board meeting came up on Sunday and Walter had announced that there were some employee changes, I said, well, I have one. And I kind of saw Dave's look like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? And he kind of knew that I was going to step down as CEO. We had already discussed I was going to step down as CEO and he was going to take over as CEO and I would step in as interim CFO but I don't think he realized the full extent of what I was about to do. I very plainly in no uncertain terms told the board of directors 
that I will no longer accept any more promotions, any more titles. Because in the past, as, as it's kind of been a running joke, every time I would threaten to quit and Dave would think I was serious, he would promote me. He would like embed me deeper into the company. And I think that was out of a fear that I would actually leave. <laughs> but I got so invested in the company and so put into far into the company that it overwhelmed me. And when things are very chaotic and there's too much going on around me, I cannot function. I do not function well in chaos. I have come to admit that. I do not function well in chaos. Um, and this actually through talking with my mom, we found out it stems back to childhood when my room would be trashed because my dad would come in and put everything in the middle of the floor because I hadn't cleaned my room and now I had to clean everything. I would clean a spot, lie down and go to sleep. I would have a nap. And I think mentally that's kind of what I did <laughs> from about January on. I mentally had a nap. Um, I'm awake now. I, I'm, I'm slowly starting to get myself back into a position where I can be at my best in my sandbox. And my sandbox is editing and writing and podcasting. That is where I am at my best. That is when I am at my most creative. And I come up with these great, um, video ads and these great audio ads and I write really good pieces to my stories and you know I'm on the ball with my editing and I don't miss hardly anything I mean I'm human I'm gonna miss the odd italicized word or you know uh, comma <laughs> um but that's when I'm at my best and I'm starting to get back there. I'm starting to come out of that fog. And that's kind of where I need to be. And the whole point of the, today's podcast, other than the Freaky Friday stuff, the whole point of this part of the podcast is knowing when it's time to walk away. Knowing when it's time to step back and say, I am not equipped to do this job. You need to take it back and I need to go back and do what I am good at and knowing when it's time to do that. See, I, I knew when it was time to do that and I didn't do that. I let it get to a point where other people started making that decision for me. And it was about mid to the end of April when I had been um, put on vacation put on vacation because I did. I will admit I fought it. I fought being put on vacation. Fire truck went by. I fought being put on vacation because I knew the things that I did were not going to get done. Who else is going to be able to edit the books that I have already been working on, that I already knew the flow and, and the style and the way the author wanted to tell the story. Who was going to be able to come and jump in in the middle of that? Nobody. Nobody. Who's going to be able to edit the magazine? Well, that would require about 17 other steps. I would have had to have had to have found somebody who had the time to sit down and edit about 35 pieces of writing. The way I wanted them edited. See, I'm very anal about that. <laughs> now, Dave says he would have done it, but 
I poo-pooed him from doing that because I edit his stuff. And I know that he likes to go through things very quickly and doesn't always read all the words. And we've kind of had a couple of examples of that the last few days. Um, so I don't need to beat this point home anymore. He gets it. <laughs> there have been two big incidences actually lately where he didn't read all the words. <laughs> he misinterpreted what was being said. Um, so yeah, I'm very protective over the editing and, um, but nobody stepped up. They all kind of sat back and waited to be delegated. I'm not mom. It is, it wasn't, I was the one having the breakdown. So it wasn't my job to pull myself together enough to tell everybody else what they needed to do to make my life easier. They were all putting me on vacation, trying to make my life easier. They should have figured out what they needed to do. There was a miscommunication somewhere. I was waiting for them to step up and they were waiting for me to step forward. Neither one happened. So I decided instead of waiting for people to step up and say, what can I do to help? I'm going to give back responsibility. I am going to hand the reins over to the departments that these people are responsible for and let them do with it as they wish, and no longer worry about um, what is going on and what is happening. And and no longer feel the need. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Letting control go is, is difficult. Because I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing it for five years. So letting control go is difficult. Because my vision is not necessarily everybody else's vision. And I have to let them have their vision. I have to let them have their creativity. And just, you know, stay in my own sandbox and build my own sandcastle. And not try and, and, and delegate and direct somebody else's sandcastle. So that is kind of where I am. Um, I am no longer responsible for anything to do with the OCC, whether it's posting... Now, I am still involved with posting on Facebook and announcing on my show because that's part of the housekeeping. But as for the ads and everything else, that is squarely and firmly planted in Walter's lap. <laughs> and he, you know what? He jumped right up to it and has been on it. Um, we needed some new swag for Myth Mart. He jumped on that. And we have some really cool horror themed t-shirts telling you you need to get these shirts um i haven't spoken to jeff yet about his responsibilities for myth mart but again you know what that's not my job that is not my job that is actually the job of the ceo so i don't have to do that <laughs> uh, that's dave's job so, yeah, um, I am just back in my own sandbox. I am and always will be the editor-in-chief. And whether that's editor-in-chief um, of Dark Myth Publications, I will always be editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Publications. I will always be editor-in-chief of the World of Myth magazine. Um, and 
after issue 12, I will be editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics. And that is my title, editor-in-chief. That is what I will be. That is what I am. And interim uh, chief financial officer, because I did it before. I have the program set up. I'm pretty much on top of the numbers every month anyway, except for the Amazon numbers, because I don't have access to that, but I have access to what we sell on Wix. So, um, it's not like it's, it's any extra, excuse me, any extra work. And I am a lot happier. I I have found like my last three podcasts, I've had a theme, I've had an idea, I've had things that I wanted to talk about and, and have developed like a show (laughs) instead of just rambling on about nothing. And the reason why I stopped podcasting is the last podcast before I took that month off it was all I could do to get it to 45 minutes. I I struggled um, to get it to uh, 45 minutes. And now I'm we're here we are we're sitting at like an hour and a half and I could still go on. Um, my throat's telling me, uh, no, look at dumbass. You haven't actually podcasted for this long in a long time. You need to stop now. (laughs) But I, I am, I am much more focused. I am, um, I wouldn't, I would, I'm happier in my position. I think the dog just ate my live studio audience. I am happier in my position within the company now. And it also kind of taught me something. I don't want to run my own company. I don't. I would rather work for someone else. I would rather someone else be the boss. I would rather get up in the morning, clock in, do my job, clock out, and I'm done. And I take the weekends off because that's just the way I roll. Took yesterday off because it was a holiday here in Canada. Um, But I'm much happier that way. And I am much more creative. I am much more effective as an employee than I am as the boss. Tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Don't put me in charge. Because <laughs> I, I don't work well that way. Um, and I, I recognized when it was time to walk away, but I did not walk away when I should have before things. Now, luckily the people around me recognized when it was time and said, Oh no, you need to walk away now. You need to take a break. You need a vacation. Um, this is not working. Unfortunately, I don't think they thought that by walking away and taking that vacation, I would realize I was much happier over here not doing all of that stuff and choose to stay here. Um, Now, like I'm not leaving the company completely, but I have gone back to where I was and where I was happy before, you know, I was not. (laughs) So that is, and, and, I think the point that I'm trying to make is when you reach that point, when you know, I need to walk away, this is too much, don't be ashamed to do it. Don't have too much pride in keeping you there because not only are you hurting yourself, 
but you're hurting the people around you. I was, there was something that was said to me during um, the board meeting when I was put on vacation and it was said to, to make an impact. It was said to get my attention. And let me tell you, it got my attention. Uh, it pissed me off and it hurt my feelings and I cried. I had to leave the, the meeting because I cried. Um, but I was told that I was hurting the company, that I was not good for business. And now that I have a clearer head and I can look back on it, they were right. I wasn't. Fortunately for me, I'm dating the owner of the company and um, I didn't get fired. But if it had been anybody else, if it had been me in the position watching somebody do this, I would have fired them in a heartbeat. I would have replaced them without a second thought. And I have done that in the past. Um, gotten rid of people that have been not doing the job that they were supposed to be doing. So I was very lucky that that did not happen. <laughs> but I did not walk away when I should have. And almost caused some irreparable damage to um, parts of the company that I was responsible for. Luckily, people jumped in and um, all is well. But you need to recognize when you need to take a step back, when you need to take a moment, when you need to take that breath. Because I felt like well, from November to January, I I was a bundle of nerves. I had this knot of fear and anxiety in my stomach. And I figured, okay, you know what? Once I take over and, and once, you know, he has all this faith in me and he believes that I can do this. And once I start doing it and I prove to myself that I can do it, then that'll go away. And it didn't go away. And I felt like from the moment I started January 1st until the moment I made the decision to step down, I was holding my breath. And you need to recognize when you get to a point where you need to step back and you need to let that air out. You need to let that breath out. You need to walk away. And the people around you, no matter how much they love you or how much faith they have in you, they need to recognize when it's time for somebody to walk away from the position. And we all want to encourage each other. We all want to build each other up. We all want to, you know, build confidence. But sometimes building confidence in somebody is saying, you know what, this might not be where you're best suited. This might not be your forte. And I don't always take criticism very well. <laughs> I don't always take suggestions that maybe I should, you know, alter the way I do things very well. Um, but I realized that's only with the editing and the magazine. Everything else, I was like, sure, you want to do that? Go ahead. Great. I don't have to. Perfect. Um, so I have stepped away. I have stepped down. I have taken a demotion, if you will, uh, willingly, kind of forced the demotion. I pretty much told him, you know what? I'm being demoted. <laughs> I'm demoting myself. 
I don't want to be responsible anymore. I don't want to be one of the uppity ups. I don't want to be part of the upper echelon. I'm part of the upper echelon because I'm dating the owner, so I get to be involved in all of that stuff anyway. I don't need a title to be involved in all that stuff. I want to be just editor-in-chief. I want to be interim CFO and CFO if necessary. Down the road, I want to be podcaster. I want to be writer. And that's it. That's all I want to do. And, you know, obviously part of those job is the advertising and the marketing. That's part of the job description. So I am in a much better place now. Except for the fact that I'm 3,000 miles away. Physically, I'm not in a better place. <laughs> I have a great view and a lovely apartment. I just wish it was, you know, 3,000 miles closer. But mentally, I am in a much better place than I was for than I have been for a while. So that's it. That's my story. <laughs> and that's my lesson. So know when you need to walk away. Know when it's time to throw in the towel and not necessarily admit defeat, but admit that maybe you can't do everything, that you are not meant to do every job that comes your way. That sometimes there are jobs that you're not cut out for. Like, I certainly wouldn't go outside and try and pave a road, although I probably could. With the right tools and a little bit of research, I could probably figure it out because I'm pretty good at figuring stuff out. Uh, my mom still tells the story about me changing the belt on the dryer in Florida by watching a YouTube video. She just she couldn't believe that I had ordered the right parts and took the dryer apart, put the new belt on, put the dryer back together, and the damn thing worked. She could she just couldn't get over that. <laughs> Don't need to call no maintenance man. You got me, Roberta Vila. <laughs> And that's what Dave calls me on his Roberta Vila, because I can fix a lot of stuff and, and do stuff. You know, I'm a Jill of all trades. But there are some things that I can't do. And being CEO of a company is one of them. And I'm okay with that. I am. I'm really okay with that. I don't need to be in charge. I kind of like him being in charge. Makes me feel all girly. <laughs> because I've had to be in charge and I've had to be a very strong and independent and uh, forceful person for most of my life. So now I get the chance. Now I have the opportunity to just be a girl, to just be me. You know, I can be soft and, and weak and, and delicate. I mean, I'm still, I'm still strong and independent and all of those things, but I can be, a girl too. I can let somebody else take care of me. I can let somebody else take charge. Somebody else be in charge. And I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that. So, all right. I think I'm going to wrap this up. Um, now I'm just getting sappy and mushy and, you know, <laughs> I want to stop the interview so, or the, the podcast so that I can go tell my boyfriend that I love him. <laughs> Because, you know, he's cute. Anyway, so we're going to wrap this up for this week. Um, next week, I will be in New Brunswick. I'm leaving for New Brunswick on Saturday, so I will be able to tell you all of the fun I had on the drive with April. And I might even have a couple of guests on my show. We'll see. Um, all right, everybody, you know the drill. 
be the kind friend, and don't lick shit. Okay, everybody. Till next week. See ya. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.